And it was so crazy to like talking to the coach. He's like, okay, so how much do you weigh right now? I was like, oh, I think I'm like a little over 170. And he's like, that's perfect. And I was like, I have never. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, it was kind of fun to, um, to feel like, okay, like this is, uh, yeah, just more accepting of um, where I'm at and that my mass is a advantage and not a disadvantage and not saying that it's a disadvantage in everything CrossFit obviously, you know, allows me to lift heavier. I mean, rowing, I love, you know, like there are advantages to being heavier and taller in CrossFit. Power output. Um, Yeah. It's just a lot of the stuff that I struggle at. My height and weight was a disadvantage. So Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends, Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear, love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus master's age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey guys, just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear. They've been a wonderful partner uh, over this last month in supporting our podcast and getting the word out about it uh, and participating on it. Uh, We just want to thank Dave Newman and RX Smart Gear for everything they've done. Don't forget, anything in the store, you can use our discount code Clydesdale15, all caps, to get 15% off everything in the store with the exception of Uh, special editions and new releases. That's Clydesdale 15, all caps. Uh, I have been a user of RX Smart Gear jump ropes uh, since 2014. They are the best in the business. I've got friends that are now using their grips and uh, love them immensely. So, hey, now's the time to get it for 15% off. Go check it out at rxsmartgear.com. Clydesdale 15 for 15% off everything in the store. Hey, Colleen. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. So I'm Scott. I'm the one that's been communicating with you. And then I have my my co-host, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. How are you? Good. So we're so excited to have you on. This is is such an exciting story. Thanks. uh, And it's been fun to follow. So really excited to have you on. We're really informal. It's just going to be like a laid back conversation. Yeah. Uh, I've already hit record. Cool. So uh, we'll just get into it. But there's one thing I have to settle with you before we get into the interview. Okay. And, and make sure that we can still be friends. Okay. <laughs> so this is my team. Oh, you know what? I'm actually really busy today. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> oh, that's all right. We can still be friends. I had a feeling it might be related to football. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're a diehard Packers fan. Yeah, kind of. It's uh, really ingrained within the family. So, uh, yeah, ever since I was born, Packers gen- Generational. Yeah. Yeah, lots of family in Wisconsin. Uh, my parents both lived and grew up in Wisconsin at some point. Uh, my grandma still lives there. So it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> whole family. <laughs> well, we'll forgive you for now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So how cool is it that your quarterback went to Cal? Just yeah, like that's pretty crazy. Um, unfortunately, while I was at Cal, we weren't the best. Um, so <laughs> would have been cool to have been there while he was there. But uh, I mean, I love football. So going to any games was was really fun. <coughs> Sorry. Um. So let's talk about your swimming career because yeah. that's something near and dear to my heart. I was a high school swimmer and swim in college oh, as cool. well. Sorry, I'm getting choked up. Um, so you were an All-American uh, at, at Palo Alto High School. Yeah. And did you do any other sports while you were there or just swim? Uh, not in high school. So right before high school, my parents, I mean, growing up, I pretty much tried every sport. Um, my parents were very uh, nice about that, driving me to all the games and practices. Um, and then right before high school, they were like, hey, you know, you kind of got to narrow it down to one. Um, and I was the best at swimming out of all the sports I was doing. So I was like, okay, we're going to do the swimming thing. And you were, you were the captain of that team. Yeah. And you went undefeated for two straight years. Yeah. Or so I was, uh, at Palo Alto. Oh yeah. I guess I moved. So I was only at Palo Alto. We moved a lot growing up. Um, so we moved back to California halfway through my junior year in high school. Um, yeah. So that would have been like right before. So I got to do, yeah. Two seasons at Palo Alto. Yeah. That had to be pretty fun. Yeah, no, it was it was definitely fun, and we got to a lot of our bigger meets. We're at Stanford, which is a super super nice facility, so it was it was really cool. And you specialized in the uh, butterfly and the backstroke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you All stick the with short events? <laughs> yeah, short events. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I was not that smart. I I was a five hundred freestyler. Oh jeez, I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and did the IM. Oh man. <laughs> So then you went, you actually went to Notre Dame first. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what, what made you choose to come to the Midwest for college? Yeah. So I definitely, I was a good swimmer um, through high school. I definitely peaked pretty late, I would say in my swimming career. Um, And so the first time around when I was looking at colleges to go to, I mean, I would say if you had asked me when I was a freshman in high school, what are your goals within swimming? Um, I probably would have said, you know, I want to keep doing it, keep having fun, um, use it to, um, you know, allow me to go to a really great college and compete in college and just kind of have fun with it. Um, I had no aspirations of 
you know, Olympic trials or winning an NC2A championship, because honestly, I didn't really feel like that was in the cards for me or that I was that caliber of swimmer. And so then um, we moved, when we moved to California, my junior year, I just really found my groove with things, had a great club team. Um, I was part of Palo Alto Stanford Aquatics. Uh, Tony Betis was my coach. And I just started really having fun with swimming. I feel like I kind of got in a rut early in high school that I just wasn't enjoying it all that much. Um, and so when we moved to California and just started loving it, started going a lot faster, <laughs> which was very fun. Um, and so the first time around when I was looking at schools, um, it, it ended up coming down to Notre Dame or USC. And I, you know, I grew up, so my, uh, one of my grandparents went to Notre Dame. I grew up going to Notre Dame football games. Like that was just my dream. I was like, oh man, if I could go to Notre Dame, that would be so cool. And so it was definitely very um, ingrained in like the family culture. It was just a big, big deal to be able to go to that school. And um, so ended up choosing Notre Dame and Soon after that, the coach that had recruited me ended up leaving. And then all of a sudden I was dropping all this time and started going a lot faster. And so a lot of my goals, my priorities, um, what I wanted to do within the sport were really changing. Um, right around that time, my senior year, I qualified for my first Olympic trials. And so it was just, it was a lot, a lot was changing. Um, and with the head coach leaving that allowed technically allowed me to um you know go to another school if I had wanted to but it we were like a month or two out from when school was going to start so I was like you know what I'll I'll give Notre Dame a shot um and if I don't love it then you know I can end up switching out uh which I did so it just wasn't a good fit for me and so the second time around it came down to Cal and Stanford and um, ended up choosing Cal and uh, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, it was just, I mean, the second I met Terry McKeever and got to hang out with the team, I knew that was the spot for me. And yeah, was super fortunate to be on, we won NC2As my junior and senior year, uh, broke an American record on a relay while I was there and just a lot of really, really amazing things that I'm uh, really grateful for and really proud of. So Stanford and Cal, like those are both no joke swimming yeah. schools. Yeah. And, you, and to have even have that option. Right. Uh, is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, it was, yeah. Very crazy. <laughs> so you also did really well as an individual. Um, you, you finished top 10, pack 10, uh, in both of your, your events. Yeah. Um, which is really good in that conference. Um, cause right. they are, <laughs> that's a very good no house <laughs> in swimming. Yeah. Um, so it, it's funny that you said you peaked late cause I was, I peaked early. Mm. I peaked in my like freshman year of high school into my yeah. sophomore year, broke a bone in my hand oh, and then had, had a cast and tried to swim with it. Oh God. I swimmers are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then it messed up my stroke for like the rest of my career. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 
So, uh, but that's, that's really cool. And I love, I love hearing your stories about swimming because uh, it brings me back to those, oh, those yeah. glory days of my, my own. But um, yeah. so you held an American record. How, how long did it, how, how long did it hold? Oh, gosh. Um, a few years. Um, yeah, I can't remember exactly how many. Um, I just remember it was so cool to go back. Well, first of all, getting the like little certificate that has, you know, American record on it. I still haven't framed that. I really need to do that. <laughs> that needs to go up somewhere. Um, but and just to go, I mean, you know, the heat sheets you get and stuff at swim meets and to see, you know, the pool records, the meet records, and then it says American record and like just seeing your name next to that. That's just, I mean, so freaking cool. Um, and I just remember like, that's just those kind of, mo I mean, I, I am very proud of the individual accomplishments I made, but those relays and those team moments are, I don't know, something I'll hold near and dear to my heart forever and it's just something that um you know even years and years from now um i mean i still talk to every now and again talk to um my teammates and you know we just talk about those moments and like those you know in the ready room before going out there and how we all thought we were i mean so so nervous like i remember just feeling like i was gonna throw up but but just, I mean, those are the moments I lived for. And um, yeah, so just, yeah, definitely bring a huge smile to my face. And what leg of the relay did you do? I was the 50 fly. Okay. Yeah, that is the, you know, it's funny because my coach, Terry McKeever, she would always tell us, you know, you will, you know, years from now, after you're done with swimming and your athletic career, you'll never really remember, you know, your fastest times or all that stuff, but you'll remember like the moments you had with your teammates and, you know, just the fun meet environment and all that stuff. And at the moment I was like, I'm always going to remember my time. Cause you're so hyper-focused on, you know, those hundredths, tenths of a second that you're fighting every single day for. And I don't remember any of my times. The only time I remember is my fastest time that I swam on that leg of the relay. Um, every, all my other individual times, I, I would have to look up. I have no idea. <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's funny because in a relay, depending on where, what leg you are, th there's more pressure, less pressure. Yeah. Because um, um, I, 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 just like you, my, my biggest success was on a relay team. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we went to U.S. Nationals. Cool. Uh, in the four by 100 freestyle relay. Um, and I was the third person in the, in the leg. Oh, I would yeah. never want to be first or last. Yeah, that's tough. That's, that's a lot of pressure for sure. Um, so let's, so you, you move through college and yeah. you get a degree in. So I was, um, got a degree in, uh, it was interdisciplinary studies with an emphasis in education. So uh, my degree at Notre Dame was graphic design. Cal didn't have anything quite like that, but I knew that I might want to get into some form of coaching. And there wasn't an undergrad in education, um, but a teammate of mine was doing um, this degree that have had more of an emphasis in education. So I ended up doing that. Um, and 
uh, actually is one of the reasons why, so I'm finishing up a master's in kinesiology right now, um, which has been really cool that I've gotten to kind of uh, go back to my academics now, which has been a lot of fun. And that's at Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the one word in the English language I can't pronounce for some reason. Kinesiology? Yeah. <laughs> I like to just call it exercise science. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that... like it just <laughs> rolls off the tongue better. Yeah, I can, I can do that a whole lot easier. <laughs> yeah. So you were this highly competitive swimmer. You graduate from college. And then there's, there's nothing that can really fill that void at the right. moment. So how long did it take you to search for something uh, that filled that gap? Yeah, so ending athletics was definitely something that I feel like within the community, not just in swimming, but in sports in general, um, I think teams, coaches are doing a better job at it now. But um, I think I definitely tried to avoid talking about the end of my then swimming career as long as I could. It just, it was a very scary thing. <laughs> it was unfamiliar. Um, and so it was definitely tough ending it. And, um, but what really helped was I, so while I was swimming at Cal, my favorite part of training was everything we did in the weight room. I loved lifting. I loved just everything in there. And, um, I was seeing that there was an internship program within the Cal Strength and Conditioning and decided to uh, look into that after I graduated. In, and at the time, my dream job was to become a D1 Strength and Conditioning coach. I was like, man, if I could do that forever, that would be so awesome. And so I interned there and that really helped a lot because I still felt very connected to what I loved. And it was also so cool to help out with a program and a sport that I felt like really helped me so much and allowed me to grow and far exceed the expectations I had for myself in swimming. Um, and then so had every intention of doing that internship and then was going to move to Illinois where my parents live and then go to grad school. And so after I was done with the internship, the, my strength coach, when I was there, calls me up. He's like, hey, um, you know, I'm leaving Cal and, uh, you know, they're looking at hiring a new person and I'm going to, you know, uh, recommend you for this job. I was like, um, all right. <laughs> I was like, well, and uh, that was one of the most amazing opportunities ever. So I went in and, you know, with the help of my colleagues at the time, because I definitely, you know, was learning as I went, I felt like I had a really good handle on what, so I, I worked with women's swimming, men's water polo, and then men's and women's diving. And which was really cool to, to stay in aquatics, especially as a new strength coach. Um, and I felt like through my internship, I learned a lot and felt um, felt prepared at the time. I definitely now looking back, I'm like, man, well, obviously, you know, you just learn so much as you go through years of experience and now with a lot more schooling. Um, but that was so, so, so amazing. And, um, getting to work with collegiate athletes as a coach was 
um, was truly amazing. And it was really cool to um, then get to coach actually some of my former teammates, which was pretty crazy. And then to work alongside someone like Terry McKeever was um, such a blessing. So yeah, that was, yeah. Really so, cool. so one, I don't think a lot of people realize how much out of the pool work there is when you're yeah. a swimmer. Mm-hmm. And, and two, would you ever consider going back to coaching? Yeah, I think right now I would say that I would like to go back into coaching in some aspect. Um, not sure exactly what that will look like. Um, with finishing up my master's and then I actually just started a undergrad certificate in data analytics because um, I've really grown a passion for data science as it pertains to athletic performance and recovery and all that stuff. So kind of exploring that avenue a little more, but um, I really do have a passion for coaching, helping people, um, but just trying to figure out what exactly that will look like once I'm uh, finished. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're setting yourself up for multiple options (laughs) as to what that will be. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, so then you find CrossFit at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe it was at like the re- you went to the regionals in 13. Is that the story? Yeah. So I, while I was a coach at Cal, I was trying to figure out what was going to fill that void of training. Cause I was used to, you know, I mean, you know, the training for swimming is many, many hours. And all of a sudden I didn't have this structure of training and for training as long. I mean, we would swim for at least two hours in the morning, have weights for an hour and then swim two and a half to three hours in the afternoon. So a lot more time on my hands. And I just didn't know, you know, all of a sudden like my, um, you know, had to explore like what my nutrition was going to look like and all that stuff. And so I knew I loved lifting, but I definitely went through a phase where I would say for most of my swimming career, um, I didn't have the greatest, um, uh, like most positive body image and really struggled with owning being athletic and having muscle. And, um, so I loved lifting, but I went through this phase where I, you know, I think like a lot of other people or, um, I can only speak for myself, but thought, you know, I was going to get really big and bulky and I just wanted to be really small. And so I would go and do like clean pulls and cleans because those were my favorite at the time. And then I would go hop on an elliptical for an hour because I was like, uh, we don't want to get too much. <laughs> and um, so, and I was just miserable doing that because I was like, well, this just is not going to be fun. So Um, I was working at Lululemon while I was, um, interning at the time. And one of my friends who I was working with at Lululemon, she was like, Hey, a lot of, um, the girls that work at Lululemon are going to go watch this thing, this CrossFit competition called regionals. I was like, all right. And I'd heard of CrossFit. A lot of people were telling me I should go try it. And I was like, I don't know. I didn't really know you could compete in it. And so she takes me to California regionals in Santa Rosa when it was outside. Um, and 
I remember it was the first time I was around like a huge amount of really strong athletic women. And it was the first time where I felt super comfortable being muscular, stronger. And if anything, I was like, I need to go to the gym right now and go lift some more. <laughs> um, and um, so we signed up uh, at United Barbell in San Francisco, literally the Monday after, and I was hooked. Like I, I wanted to take no rest days. I wanted to go in as many times as I could. And it was just so fun because it filled, it filled that void that I needed of training with other people, of going into a gym and not being so fixated on trying to change my body to make it bigger or smaller. I was just having fun because I was trying to lift a certain amount of weight or do this workout in this time and look up at the board and try to be the fastest person that day. And um, yeah, so it just, it was a lot of fun and um, yeah. And then just kept doing it. <laughs> and you, you made your first regional in 2014. Yeah. Just a year later. Yeah. <laughs> Which, so. yeah, that was, uh, that was crazy. Um, definitely felt like very out of my, I remember that year. Um, it's crazy. Cause I competed against Molly Vollmer that year, who is now one of my best friends. I didn't know her at the time. And I always tell her, I was like, I was so in awe of her. I mean, I still am, but in a different way because I know her, but um, I remember like being so intimidated by her. And I was like, I was just there kind of like happy to be there. I mean, it was uh, definitely struggled through a lot of the workouts, but I mean, had a ton of fun. So speaking of Molly, when did yeah. you get hooked up with NorCal CrossFit? So through her, so uh, in 2016, um, it was right before the last open workout and we had met at a local comp um, a few weeks prior and uh, exchanged numbers and stuff. And then right before the last workout, I was doing it by myself and I texted her and I was like, hey, um, you know, when are you doing the last open workout? I just really don't want to do it alone. Do you want to do it together? And so that was the first time we hung out. It was that uh, horrible couplet of uh, thrusters and burpees. And so we did it together. And then, um, yeah, from then on out, now one of my best friends. And so did you start going to NorCal at that point? And that gym was full of games athletes. Yeah such a fun environment so after meeting her started um training over there with her more and then i mean that ended up into you know i mean that's the reason i ended up going team and then ended up coaching there and so um yeah so i i worked the 2017 games oh, at, nice. at, at the uh the north park location okay so i got a good view of you and molly running with the crit over oh, and geez. over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. And I, I was taking pictures with my cam my phone, uh, yeah. just to kind of remember being there. And yeah. I have pictures of you guys running by like over and over again. It's so That's funny. That's amazing. <clears throat> so, so you make the games in 2017 with a team. Yeah. What was that like? It was your oh. first time there. Yeah. So, um, 
To backtrack a little bit, so after 2016, I missed going individually by two spots. And then about, um, about like a month or two after, I was having some shoulder um, discomfort and that had been going on for a long time, like since high school. And it was just getting to the point where I was having to modify too many workouts and it was just frustrating. And so ended up getting an MRI just for peace of mind. Honestly, I thought it was gonna come back and they were just gonna say that you have some tendonitis, it's inflamed, you need to rest. And that was not the case, unfortunately. Um, and it came back, my supraspinatus was 80% torn. Um, an overuse injury from years and years of swimming and which makes sense why back in high school, you know, I was having a lot of pain and discomfort and it just held on as long as it could. And so, you know, they recommended, you know, if you want to keep doing what you're doing, um, you know, surgery would be a good idea. And so definitely talked to coaches, doctors, you know, weighed out all the pros and cons, decided to get the surgery. And so it was just really discouraging because I felt like in 2016, I was so close. And I remember telling myself after that regionals, you know, all I have to do is keep doing what I'm doing and stay healthy. And then finding out that I wasn't <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, next year, there's no way I'm going to be able to, especially if I want to have somewhat of a, you know, long career in this sport, I can't rush back into this if I'm going to do surgery and be rehabbing it and all that stuff. So I knew individual was out of the question and that definitely was super defeating. And um, so after the surgery, I was talking to Molly and she was like, hey, um, I know it's still pretty early on, but, you know, if you feel up to it, like we're thinking of doing a team again this year. And I was like, well, yeah, like <laughs> if I'm ready to go, like sign me up. And that honestly was because going through the surgery and um, just trying to get back to it um, was definitely tough. And I was not in a good headspace whatsoever. Um, but that kept me going and knowing that I had to, again, none of them, I paced it out well in order to be healthy. They weren't rushing me back into anything, but, um, that really gave me the motivation to know that I had my teammates counting on me. So days when, you know, my, it, I could barely lift my arm over my head. And like, that was my rehab was just to keep trying and lift my arm over my head as far as I could. Um, and just how miserable those days were that kept me going that like, there is something I'm working towards. Um, and I have the support of, I mean, obviously my family and friends, but also my teammates. And, um, I'm really thankful that they had trust in me, supported me, you know, cause for them, um, I mean, around the open, I didn't do, I mean, I did the bare minimum of the open that year, but I mean, I couldn't do kipping pull-ups at that time. I couldn't do ring muscle-ups. So that definitely took a lot of trust in them to know, like, no, she's, you know, on her path. She'll be ready for regionals in the games. Um, so I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, 
but sorry, that was a very long tangent to how the games was, but, uh, the games was incredible. It was, um, I'm so happy. I mean, obviously going through a shoulder injury and a surgery, not, not fun. Don't wish it on anyone. Don't want to do it again. But, um, because it kind of led me in that path and like, I'm so thankful for those memories working with that team what we did at the games, all those memories were incredible. Um, and it was really cool. Cause that's, I mean, that was my favorite part about collegiate swimming. So it was kind of cool that it came full circle a little bit um, and got to experience the games for the first time with a team. You got all the swag and you got to, yeah, to hang out. That, and... Oh yeah. I, oh, I was so pumped about that. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you go back to individual and um, things kind of get crazy 18, 19 with CrossFit as a whole. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't even know what the season's like by 19, but you qualify for the games as an individual for the first time in 2019. Yeah. So how was that different than 17 for you? Um, you know, it was, it's interesting. So, I mean, in 18, again, I was two spots out and didn't qualify. So that was not fun to relive. Um, I tried to skip right over that one. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. For sure. I appreciate that. Um, but, uh, but no, it was, it was a good learning lesson. And um, uh, in 2019, so I think it was definitely very weird finding out I got, um, you know, I qualified for the games through an email. That was very um, different. Cause you know, I had always envisioned for years leading up to it, you know, being on that regional floor and like hearing your name called and how amazing that would feel to have your family there and your friends there. And um, I mean, I just replayed that moment in my head so many times, but it was still really special. And I, I still remember exactly where I was. I was finishing up a workout at OPEX in Arizona. Um, I remember I immediately called my parents. Um, I started crying. I ran and told my coach. Um, and it was just, it, it was so, especially, which even though it was very weird finding out through an email, I think it was really cool that I qualified through the open that year because for so long, I kind of identified myself as the strong athlete, the, you know, I do better in-person competitions when there's more, you know, different types of elements. And I've never considered myself an open athlete. And so that was really cool for me and a confidence boost to, you know, prove to myself first and foremost that, you know, I can hang with the top girls in any competition doesn't matter if it's a regionals and open the games sanctional whatever it is like i'll be up there with them so that that was really cool see i've always looked at you as like if you could get to the games i think you could do damage (laughs) (laughs) well so that's what i uh i mean definitely i think that was hard too was and that's the thing too i think having this notion in my head of when I would get to the games, I would do get to do all those heavy lifts and this, I was so pumped to do a swim. Um, And 
I think to have that vision in my head of, you know, if I get to the games, I'll get to compete in a full games. And then that to not happen, I mean, was definitely a hard pill to swallow, but I mean, I'm definitely by no means, you know, the only one in that boat. Um, and, but, um, but yeah, I mean, still, still got to experience it. Um, still bummed I didn't get to do, you know, of course, like, I mean, the heavy lifting and the swim yeah. and stuff like that, like that would have been really, really fun. But because as, as I've been following your career, I just, I always knew if you could get there, <laughs> you could really like do some damage because the oh, swimming, the outdoor ob odd object stuff, mm -hmm. I think you'd be great at. And you get there and it's the year of the cuts. Yeah. Now they're going to cut people every event, right. which had to be like a blow. Right. Oh, for sure. Even though you made it through a lot of the first cuts. Yeah. Um, so. But to not make it to the swim event or the heavy lift. Yeah. Had to just, I felt, I felt for you so much. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, that, was, that was tough. But you get there, you made it as an individual. You still got the swag, mm -hmm. which is cool. And then, and then 2020 is just a mess. Right. COVID hits. You come within, what, three-tenths of a second? Right, yeah. Uh, from qualifying at Wadapalooza. Right. But, and then no more sanctions. They all disappear. Yep. <laughs> and, and then even, even those that qualified at Wadapalooza didn't end up making the final. Right. Because of the, the changes. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be a low point because you didn't even really get an opportunity to compete. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was, um, especially since, so after the games in 2019, um, had, which honestly, reluctantly, um, my, or reluctantly on my part, my coach had me do a lot of reflecting, a lot of, um, journaling about my experience, um, what I took from it what was in my control, what wasn't, what I want to do moving forward. And one of the things was, I think in years past, I had always felt like I just need to qualify for the games and then shut it down competing wise and just train for the games. And I think I learned from, not that I didn't know this before, but you know, I love competing. I do love training, but I, I train so I can compete. <laughs> And, or at least I train as hard as I do so I can compete. And, um, and I love competing. And I think especially going to the games and getting that cut short, I was like, man, like that was not fun. Um, so I really, going into the 2020 season, we had mapped out what competitions I was going to do, obviously not overdoing it, but regardless of when I qualify for the games, I was like, I'm going to commit to these competitions. Cause I just, I felt like I learned so much from the games. I learned so much from competing at Wadapalooza um, that the competition, not only is it um, a great experience, but I feel like it would just allow me to continue to learn and grow as an athlete and better prepare me for the 2020 games. And so that, that plan didn't really work out um, after, uh, I mean, grateful I got to go to Wadapalooza, but um, was going to do Granite Games, the MAC, um, and it, yeah, it, everything started to shut down. So let's talk about uh, your YouTube channel. Yeah. So you started this in January. 
Yeah. You're already up to 6,500 subscribers in yeah. just a few short months. Um, I love it because um, you give all the great snack recommendations. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like if anybody knows snacks, it's Colleen. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been a really fun watch and getting to know you a little bit more. So I, I love the first episode where you talk about you've tried it several times. And yeah. now finally, finally it sticks. Right. And, and you've, you've been really consistent with this. What has that done for you? Because um, it's kind of like a, a journaling of what you've been going through. Does it help therapeutically? Absolutely. So I think it's, it's helped in a lot of ways, I would say. Um, so first of all, definitely thank God for my brother, Connor, who edits the videos and was kind of the, we had talked, I mean, I, you saw in the first one, this was something that was um, not necessarily years in the making, but started or tried to do it many years ago. And um, so my brother has a huge passion for editing and he's great at it. And he, you know, many years ago, I was like, Hey, like, it would be really cool if you started a YouTube channel, I'll do the editing. It'll be great. I'm like, okay. Was definitely very hesitant about it. Um, I, at the time, I wouldn't say I'm by any means, like it's not second nature yet, but, um, was terrified of talking in front of the camera, like hated any interviews. Like I was just the worst. Um, and well, especially hearing myself, like watching myself on video was definitely not something I liked to do. So this, this just sounded very scary and intimidating. And um, once, so my brother was basically fed up with waiting for me to start a YouTube channel. So he actually started one of his own. And I was like, man, like, and he's just going for it. And mm -hmm. I was really inspired and motivated by him. And how it's definitely uncomfortable at the beginning. You kind of got to get over like people are going to stare and like think it's weird that you're talking to this camera on this large tripod and it's it's just kind of strange. But um, but I think it's been really good for me um, therapeutically in a way that especially when I'm not having great days and I start vlogging and hearing myself speak if i'm starting to get really down or negative it's just it's really apparent i'm like man that it, like no one wants to hear you just whine and complain not that i mean i want to be authentic and show that there aren't you know some days aren't going to be the greatest and that's okay too but um it's been good to get me out of some funks sometimes um and I think, and just for overall confidence to not try and nitpick myself so much. I think the first few videos, Connor can attest to this. I wanted to take out so many things and I just felt like I was saying everything wrong and I didn't like how I looked in certain parts. And, and I think it's just been good to let that go. And not that those thoughts don't still pop up in my head, but, um, I think what's been really cool is I feel like I've been able to engage and connect with followers so much more now um, through this because I feel like I get to show who I really am. Um, not that I don't on Instagram, but I feel like you can only show so much. 
Um, and so with YouTube, it's been really cool to show not only Colleen the athlete, but Colleen the person. Probably good too for your for your followers to see that that type of um, vulnerability from you because you know if they've seen you at regionals or at the games, you know they you're laser focused. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know beyond people staring at you for for whatever reason. I mean, in terms of competing, but seeing that you're you know just one of us, you're. Yeah. You know, you're a great athlete, but you know, you have your fears as well and you're willing to conquer those. So that's great. Yeah. Thank you. And one of my, one of my favorite episodes was you were talking about your favorite cheat meal and your favorite burger and you tried to make it at home uh, and it was the peanut butter and jelly burger. Yes. So I tried to make it myself. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> Cause I'd never, I'd never had anything like that before. Yeah. And I was like, how can this be good? But I got to try it. And it was really good. It's uh, it's crazy. <laughs> I thought people were insane when I first heard about this. And it's, oh man, I haven't had one in, well, since I've been uh, away from Arizona and I definitely miss it. Well, I definitely want to give us some time to talk about the, what's going on now in your, in your life. Yeah. And so uh, not too long ago, you were asked to try out for USA bobsled. Yeah. So how did that happen? Yeah, so I was initially contacted um, by Kaylee Humphreys, who is a total badass. So she's been, um, she has three Olympic medals, two of which are gold. Um, she won world championships this year. So best pilot in the sport. And um, she reached out and you know, was at, Hey, have you ever thought about bobsledding? And I, you know, had always watched it during the Olympics, winter Olympics, but had never really thought about doing it. Um, you know, not a lot of bobsled tracks in, uh, <laughs> nearby. So, <laughs> well, actually there aren't many in general, but, um, but, uh, yeah, no, so definitely never something that I had, um, necessarily sought after. And so, we started talking and I, you know, what was really cool was um, I definitely went down a rabbit hole of YouTube videos, watching her and some of the best in the sport. And I was looking up, you know, past national teams, Olympic teams, and I kind of fit this, you know, everyone pretty much was around my height, weighed the same. Like it was, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And um, I started looking at what their training was like. It looked really fun. A lot of, a lot of lifting, a lot of short bursts. I was like, this seems right up my alley. <laughs> um, you know, pushing stuff, love that. And uh, so I eventually went out to visit Kaylee in California and trained with her for a few days, just getting like a crash course in what bobsledding is all about. And um talked to the head coach of USA bobsledding, Mike, and had a lot of really good conversations. And um, they ended up saying, hey, like we're, um, we've got a spot for you out at the Olympic Training Center in Lake Placid. And, you know, it's gonna be a pretty big commitment, especially with COVID, um, you know, we can't really come and go as we please. So 
you know, you have to go out there, quarantine, and then you're pretty much out there for two months. So um, it was definitely um, kind of a, you know, big decision, but for, it just really felt right and had a lot of um, good reflecting conversations with myself, conversations with some of my best friends, my family, and um, just decided to take the leap. And um, it's been amazing. So right now, just really trying to take in the whole experience, learn as much as I can um, before team trials, and then, you know, just, uh, yeah, keep growing, keep learning in the sport. And um, it's just really cool. I think I I really feel, I don't know exactly what the future holds, but I really feel like I'm exactly where I'm meant to be right now. And that's, that's an awesome feeling. Well, I have two questions kind of off of that. One, growing up as a swimmer, there are no like professional swimming legs, right? So your dream is the Olympics, right? You know, and, and I know I, I heard you talk about that in your vlog that you know, growing up as a swimmer, you dreamed of going to the Olympics and you qualified for the Olympic trials twice mm-hmm. as a swimmer. The bobsled's a way to get to the Olympics. It's not necessarily maybe the, the linear path that you thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's got to be really exciting. Yeah, it's, um, I, I think I mentioned this in my vlog um, that there was a interview that I did um, when I was competing at Palo Alto High School and I was athlete of the week. And so they would interview a different athlete each week. And I, so that video was from 2012, I think. So eight years ago. And I had never watched it because I really despised hearing myself on camera that much. <laughs> and so for whatever reason, a few, probably a month ago now, I decided to watch it. Um, it was a lot better than I had expected, which is nice. But, um, but I talked about how I had just qualified for Olympic trials and it kind of reminded me, not that I had forgotten, but it reminded, reminded me, um, how much I wanted that. And, um, you know, cause up until now that was just, that was a door that had been closed and one that I thought was going to be closed forever. And, you know, it's, it's just really crazy. God really does have a plan and definitely not one that I would have expected, but it's, um, and obviously many, many more stages to be, you know, go through and levels, you know, before that, um, is a reality, but, um, it's crazy that I kind of get a second shot at that journey and, um, yeah, just, it's, it's, it's really crazy. <laughs> I mean, mentally, it's got to feel like a time warp. Yeah. Like back to your, because like you said, that door was closed mm-hmm. and then now it's open again. And it's not a guarantee by any means. Right, right. It's just that op- that door is open for that dream again. Mm-hmm. So the other question I have from that is um, you talked about how when you fe- went to the CrossFit regionals, you felt at home because of all of the strong women. Mm-hmm. But the reality is you're very tall for a CrossFit athlete tall and heavy for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And so when you look at the bobsledders, now you're even closer to what that, so it's got to even make you feel more comfortable and at at peace with yourself because you fit the mold of of that almost exactly. Oh, hundred percent. It's been so 
nuts because I feel like in CrossFit, um, you know, I think I came to turn, I'm like, okay, I'm never going to be a 150 pound CrossFitter. Like my, I just can't. Um, but you know, I usually like the lowest I'll get to is me like a little bit below 170, but like any lower and like my recovery, my performance would just be affected. And that's just where I'm at. Um, and I think still, you know, I, you know, don't like weighing myself. Like it was always, cause I feel like I would definitely get in my head. I mean, I'm a lot better at it now, but you know, when I was checking in on weight, if I'm heavier that day, then it's kind of in my head that, you know, gymnastics and running, I'm going to be slower at today. And that's, um, just not a good headspace to be in. I've definitely gone again, a lot better at it, but it's, those are still some, you know, doubts that would creep in every now and again. Um, and it was so crazy to like talking to the coach. He's like, okay, so how much do you weigh right now? And I was like, oh, I think I'm like a little over 170. And he's like, that's perfect. And I was like, I have <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was kind of fun to, um, to feel like, okay, like this is, uh, yeah, just more accepting of, um, where I'm at and that my mass is a advantage and not a disadvantage and not saying that it's a disadvantage in everything CrossFit obviously, you know, allows me to lift heavier. I mean, rowing, I love, you know, like there are advantages to being heavier and taller in CrossFit. Power output. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of the stuff that I struggle at, my height and weight was a disadvantage. So um, yeah, it was it was really cool to, um, and not to get so wrapped up in weight or anything, because I think I've really tried to um, work on disconnecting myself from the number on the scale. And I really try to, um, I don't know, because I, I get a lot of messages from women that are in CrossFit or any other um, sport or wherever they are in life, um, struggling with um, just like accepting of their body. And I really feel like the weight on the scale is just not a good indicator of, you know, self-worth or body image or anything like that. Um, obviously, in I mean, in bobsledding, I, I did not know this until getting into it. Um, but there is a, a weight collectively that you, your teammate in the bobsled weigh, and you can't weigh over that. And if you weigh under it, they'll add weight to your sled. So there definitely is some strategy in, you know, if the pilot weighs this much, then the brakeman can weigh this much. And um, ideally, you want to collectively weigh the max so you don't have to be pushing a heavier sled. Um, which is really interesting and something I had no idea about <laughs> until starting, but it's, it's really cool. So are you focusing more on two man bobsled? So there is no four woman, uh, bobsled, oh. unfortunately. So, um, yeah, only, only two man. And then the other question I had is, does your mo like as a CrossFitter, you work on mobility mm -hmm. and you have to squeeze down and the more aerodynamic you are in the sled the better yeah. off you are. So does that mobility training from CrossFit help squeeze down in and get, get aerodynamic or have you not got to that? 
So I haven't gone in an actual bobsled yet. So we haven't gone on the ice. We will um, in about a week or so. We're out mm-hmm. from it. So that's going to be... Um, <laughs> I remember talking, I can't remember who I was talking to, but um, I mean, there definitely is a mobility component, I would say, into just being, um, I think also just with um, mobility in training as a whole, um, just recovering better, moving better, um, having better range of motion is always good. Um, I also think there's enough G-force that if you aren't getting yourself down, the G-force will definitely push you in there. (laughs) So how excited are you to get in a real bobsled? I'm so excited. I'm also very nervous, (laughs) but um, it's interesting because I've, you know, talked to, obviously there's tons of veterans here in the sport and everyone's like, you know, there's nothing I can really, you know, compare it to. So you just kind of have to experience it for yourself. They did say that there will be someone at the bottom filming my reaction to my first, I guess everyone, you know, their first time reaction um, is always fun to document. So, uh, so I will have that, which will be good. <laughs> like that first hill on the roller coaster where you're, yeah. they take your picture and you're like, ah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I've seen the footage of you at the, at the push track. Mm-hmm. So when you do a push track session, how many times do you push the sled? So it kind of depends. So we have our slots um, and depending on what we're working on depends on how many pushes we'll do. So like the other day I was working on just the hit, which is the initial, like breaking the inertia of the sled at the beginning. Um, So I'll do a hit and then take like three or four steps and then just let the sled go. So if I'm doing that, we'll do a lot more um, cause it's definitely more technique work. You're not going as long, so you can just get more reps in. Um, and then other days we'll do full pushes. So we'll do a hit and we'll run about like 35 meters out down the crest and then hop in. And if we do those, um, especially if we're doing it at like a higher percent effort, probably like anywhere from like six to eight ish um i would say um but definitely i think as i start to learn more and kind of shift into that next gear of going like 100 percent um i think i'm also learning trying to um let go of the crossfitter in me that wants to do like a million reps um because that's not what this is about it's about going a hundred plus percent for a very short period of time, knowing that you're going to get tons and tons of rest, um, you know, versus, you know, I mean, the last few years of my life was learning how to go like 80% for a really long time. So just kind of switching, uh, switching gears. And your swimming, your swimming background was, especially in that relay, 50, 50 meters is nothing right. for a swimmer. And it's yeah. all out effort for that 50 meters. Yeah. So you're back to kind of that sprint mentality. What's the average start time? Like, like 12 seconds, 10 seconds. Oh, time of pushing. Yeah. Um, I would say from what I've heard and been talking to people about, it's around like seven to 10 seconds. Like, so it's, it's, uh, it's all out. 
like yeah. all gas, no brakes kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Everything you have for seven to 10 seconds. Yeah, which is, it's cool because obviously not in the mechanics of the sport or, you know, this is on ice and swimmings and water, but it's cool that um, I feel like the there's been some parallels in the sport, um, like really fine tuning one thing in training and trying to get better at this one skill and fighting for hundredths of a second, which is, you know, what I spent most of my life doing. And um, yeah, so it's, it's really fun to kind of go back into that gear again, very different, but um, yeah, to that all out, leave nothing behind kind of thing. Sounds like I need to do bobsled because that's most of my CrossFit workouts is go as hard as you can for seven seconds and then be done. (laughs) So I have one last question. I know you're really busy. So if you make the bobsled team, do you you have to make a decision for next season, whether to do one or the other? Yeah. So I would say that especially – well, I would say most of my life, I like to do things and go all in hundred percent. And I think especially with CrossFit and bobsledding, the, um, the caliber that I want to, or the caliber of athlete that I want to become. And, you know, if I want to make the Olympics a possibility one day, um, I need to go all in. Obviously a lot depends on, you know, what happens in the next few months, but I think, um, you know, I want to be elite and I don't want to be average at both of them or, you know, I, I just, um, yeah. So I want to, one will have to be chosen for sure. Well, looking back at your career of everything, you've never been average. Uh, And so (laughs) I, I wish you tremendous luck moving forward with this. And I hope, I hope of, above hopes that you make uh, the Olympic team. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And we want to thank you for joining us. This has been a great fun hour. Thank you. This has been awesome. It's fun getting to like relive like my whole athletic career. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, definitely. Maybe, maybe when you're an Olympian, we'll have you back on. Oh man, that would be awesome. All right. Talk to you soon, Colleen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.